Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 63 of Wrestle Life Radio. I am Matt Sin, also known as Wrestle Life Matt, and I'm here to tell you all about NXT. I know what you're all thinking. Where is my Chris Cumbie? As I mentioned to you last week, Chris is doing something new in his job, and he's been a little busier than normal. So I'm stepping in, but he'll definitely be back next week, because I can't do NXT next week. But since Chris is coming back next week, I'm going to go full force here. Today is November 15th, 2019. And I'm here to tell you about... This day in wrestling history! Not bad. I think you did a good job. Matter of fact, I think it's one of the best ever. I pat myself on the back. Can you hear that? I'm patting myself on the back. 21 years ago today, the World Wrestling Federation presented Survivor Series. And they had a deadly game tournament. And the short version is, in the finals, The Rock defeated Mankind. And this was one year after the Montreal Screwjob. This was when The Rock won his first WWF championship to become, at the time the youngest WWF champion of all time. He's since been passed by Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. But all that happened was The Rock had Mankind in a sharpshooter. Mankind does not tap, but it doesn't matter. McMahon calls for the bell. The Rock pretends like he has no idea what's going on. And then Vince and Shane get in the ring and hug it out, revealing that it was a trickle along. I guess... WWE now isn't just, you know, it's not just bad now, it's been bad for a long time. Because that's just silly. But, kudos for giving The Rock the title. They saw the talent in him. Now he's the biggest movie star in the world, so hey. Some, gotta, gotta give some positives, right? 13 years ago today, TNA Impact made its official debut in prime time. With a two-hour special. And had matches that included Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. Christian versus Rhino, Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles, and or excuse me, Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles and Chris Sabin in a three-way match for the TNA X Division Championship, and then the main event, Kurt Angle versus Abyss. And I bet you recognize a lot of those names because some of those guys are still going on in WWE and AEW. Ten years ago today, TNA presents Turning Point. The reason that I wanted to point this out. It's because it has one of my favorite matches of all time. It was main evented by AJ Styles, who defeated Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe in a three-way match for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Some other notable matches will be Kurt Angle versus Desmond Wolf, which is Nigel McGuinness, and Scott Steiner versus Bobby Lashley. So before we get into NXT, I'm going to speak very briefly on the Jordan Miles situation. And the only reason I'm going to bring it up is because he just, he released a profanity-laced rant on Twitter. If you've been following this, I'm sure you have your own opinion. And I'm not going to dive too deep into it. But if you don't know, it started out with what he believes to be a racist t-shirt. Some people disagree, some people agree. But either way, he brought light to it on social media. WWE basically said, 
oh, this is a brand new shirt, none were sold, we're going to cut it off, and Jordan Miles actually originally approved it. And they had some back and forth. By the way, he basically came out on social media and said, you know what, I quit this company, and he swore at them and said he'll never work for WWE again. He called Jordan Miles, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it because I feel like I should report it to you guys. He called Jordan Miles his slave name and says to never call him by that name again to call him ACH. Now, again, I am very white, so I don't want to talk too deep into this, so I'm just going to tell you something that he said, and he said that WWE is very racist. And the reason that that really bothers me is because there are a lot of African Americans who work their butt off in WWE Some of them may not like the company. Some of them probably love the company. But even if they don't like it, if they don't feel like that that company is racist, then I feel like he's kind of throwing them under the bus. And I'm just going to quote Booker T here and say what he said. And this is exactly from Booker T, who's probably the most well-respected African-American wrestler of all time. At least he is for me. And he says, I've been on this earth for 54 years. If you think one person is something, you can call them that. If you think that person is something, you can call them that. But I can't judge a group and say everybody is that. When you make a blanket statement like that, you do no justice for yourself or the culture. So I want to say, if Jordan Miles is trying to help out African American culture, and he believes he's doing the right thing, that's fine, but he's really made some very real and very clear mistakes in the way he's gone about it. I don't know what company is going to pick this guy up. He's amazingly talented. If you guys have never seen him wrestle as ACH in the Indies, he's just an incredible worker. As far as I knew, was a well-respected and well-liked individual. Maybe I missed the memo, but boy, He's really, really messed up here. He's just gone about it all wrong. Basically, everyone turned on him. So I, I hope, I hope that he does better in his future. I just, it, it, it's disappointing to me that he is disrespecting every, in my opinion, disrespecting every other African American wrestler on the WWE roster. And he also some terrible, terrible things about Jay Lethal who is a a very well-respected African-American wrestler. So I'll move right on from that, but I I thought it was important to point out to you guys, if you haven't, if you haven't heard about the story yet, you know, let's, let's, let's hope that he gets his life straightened out and he can become happy and he and the company can move on. Let's get into NXT. So we open NXT with Angel Garza versus Leo Rush. And who boy... This was a good one. So this is really interesting for me. Leo Rush hasn't really been a clear face or heel since he's come back that I've I've really noticed. Um, and I will tell you, Leo was clearly the face in this match. They started off the match, it was good. But Angel Garza goes out of the ring, and Leo Rush's wife is sitting ringside. He climbs over the barrier and does his spot where he rips off his pants directly in front of her. This makes Leo very angry, as it should, as it would, 
and does a and he does a suicide dive as Angel Garza is coming back over the over the the barrier, smashes into him. This this whole match was just so good. It was probably about 15 or 20 minutes, and if you guys listened to our AEW show last night, you know that at this time, John Moxley was beating Michael Nakazawa in a minute and a half. So I'm an AEW mark. I prefer AEW to NXT, but even though these two guys aren't the most well-known wrestlers in NXT, and John Moxley is, other than maybe The Fiend, actually I think he probably is the hottest act in all of wrestling right now, the NXT opener was way better. It was definitely better. This match had a really weird finish, though, and I didn't like it at all. Leo Rush is going for, uh, what's it called? It's where he bounces off the rope and does the stunner. And he hit it, and he held on, and he basically does it a second time, and he pins Angel Garza. And Angel's foot's under the bottom rope, and then Leo Rush, like, picks up his second leg, so his foot's not under the rope. And, like, so he's half dead, right? He's been hit with his finisher twice. The ref counts to three, and Angel Garza immediately gets up, and he's got, like, big eyes. He's like, wait a second. My foot was under the rope, and totally no-sold this finisher. I mean, no-sold it made Leo Rush look like a dork. So Leo Rush gets out. He's happy. He's, you know, made Angel Garza look ridiculous because uh, he's got revenge for his wife. This It was such a great match that was marred by such a, a really bad finish. I mean, really bad guys. If you haven't seen it, it just—it was such a great match to have that finish. And again, I understand that NXT is technically developmental, but boy, like if you're going to be on USA, you can't do this kind of stuff. So we go to the backstage area. We see Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley, and they are like laid out, totally laid out. And then we'll go to commercial. We come back and we get a uh, video package for Shayna Baszler. You know, they show, like, her path of destruction and uh, hype her going into Survivor Series. And then we see a graphic of Io Shirai and Mia Yim. In the main event tonight, it will be a ladder match. The winner, who grabs the briefcase, so it basically looks like the Money in the Bank briefcase, the winner will get advantage in War Games. We'll move on to Zia Lee versus Aaliyah, and oh my gosh. And again, guys, I know that I just said that, that NXT is developmental, but you can't have this on TV. This match was awful. There were multiple missed spots. Xia kicked Aaliyah in the face. Blood was pouring out of her. It was... Oh, man. This match was bad. Like, local indie wrestling bad. And, again, not heading on indie wrestling, but this is the main stage. This is the WWE on a national channel. And again, I know that it's developmental, but this can't happen. You can't put these people in a match if it's going to turn out like this. I'm not even going to go into the match. It, it was not good. It was very short, and it was, it was just bad. Moving on. We get a video package for Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne, and we see Killian Dane backstage. He's warming up, and he's ready, ready to fight. We come back. Finn Balor. Balor is... So good. He comes out to his music, and he swings his arm to the side like he always did as a face, but he only does it once. Then he points his finger guns to the camera. He goes inside the ring. WWE production is just so good. He points his finger guns at the camera, but the way it's looking, like you can't see Finn's eyes, 
it's just dark and the 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 light is shining behind him. It was just such a cool a cool shot. It's really good. So Finn Balor says, "So this is NXT now. What happened to this place? What happened to this business? This is the business that I love. Johnny Gargano is the heart of NXT. That's what is NXT." Look, I built this place, and now a bunch of little boys have moved in. They're all crying on social media. They're looking for sympathy. But look, this is wrestling. Everybody gets hurt. And don't get me started on Matt Riddle, who basically just enters the ring and attacks him. He didn't even really get to say anything about him. Riddle's just like attacking Balor. The fans are chanting, bro. They did the little Riddle as Goldberg. Matt Riddle called Balor a little putz as Finn Balor goes into the crowd and runs away. Undisputed Era's music hits. And Adam Cole says, wrong place, wrong time, buddy. All four of them are out there. They're surrounding the ring as Riddle gets in the ring. The announcers say he's getting the high ground. And as the Undisputed Era are surrounding the ring and getting up on ringside, Tommaso Ciampa's music hits. Keith Lee comes out with him. They get in the ring... And the three of them are calling the Undisputed Era to get in the ring. Keith Lee talks on and on about how the Undisputed Era stood toe-to-toe with the main roster. So I want a shot at Adam Cole tonight. And Roderick Strong, oh my gosh, cuts an incredible promo. Incredibly passionate. And he says, Adam Cole has had the hottest streak in all of wrestling these last two weeks. And he deserves a night off. But you know what? I'll fight you. And Keith Lee says, you know what? I'm not that picky. And we get Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong. This match was really good. So the match kind of starts with, you know, all all the other Undisputed Eras heading to the back. And Keith Lee just yanks him over the top rope. And he heads to the floor. We go to commercial. We come back. The match begins. They don't announce that it's non-title. But they don't announce this for the title. And something WWE does a lot is if it's a non-title match, the champion is going to lose. That's just the way it works. Otherwise, why not have the title on the line? It was almost a spoiler that Keith Lee was going to win this match. And you know what? He did. But Keith Lee looks and is being treated like an absolute superstar. So I'm actually okay with this. And I usually complain about champions losing. But you know what? I'm really okay with it. Keith Lee should get pushed to the moon. He's really, really good at what he does. He has a really cool background in football, but he's actually talented. Football players have been uh, wrestling for years. WCW brought in a lot. WWE has brought in some. But the reality is most of them are just muscular guys who get into wrestling because it's something else to do. Keith Lee is doing it because he loves wrestling, and he is incredibly talented. The ending of the match has Roderick Strong and Keith Lee. They're both on the ground. Undisputed Era starts coming back out, but before they can even get to the ring, Tommaso Ciampa uh, runs in. They start fighting. Matt Riddle comes out, and he's helping Tommaso Ciampa, but Finn Balor comes back out and hits a sling blade and a double stomp on Matt Riddle. Finn Balor does a drop kick onto the still ring steps to Matt Riddle. Uh, Keith Lee's watching as Finn Balor is backing up the ramp. And Roderick Strong takes advantage and hits a jumping knee. He hits the Roddy Slam, two count. Roderick Strong lands a senton, but it doesn't matter. 
Keith Lee picks him up. They called it a jackhammer. It's not Goldberg's jackhammer, so in my opinion, it's not a jackhammer, but whatever. It's a very cool match. Winner, Keith Lee. Undisputed Era immediately rolls into the ring. They all attack Keith Lee. Tommaso Ciampa makes the save. It doesn't matter because Undisputed Era also attacked Ciampa. It's 4-2. But then you see the crowd start looking at the ramp, and you hear a chant. This is Feast Your Eyes. And Dominic Dijakovic is coming into the ring. Fans are chanting War Games. And Dijakovic is destroying Undisputed Era. I mean, single-handedly just tosses them all out of the ring. He goes up to Tommaso Ciampa, shakes his hand. Tommaso's kind of nodding at him. He turns around and Keith Lee is standing right there. And as you guys know, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic have been feuding recently on NXT. And they stare each other down for a minute. The fans are chanting, hug it out. And Keith Lee extends his hand. And Dominic Dijakovic accepts. They're all three standing tall in the ring. Undisputed Era is going up the stage. And we go to commercial. We come back from the commercial. And Marina Shafir, Jessamyn Duke, and Candice LeRae are all laid out like outside a full cell. And Triple H is yelling at security, telling him to tighten up, find out what's happening. We go to the ring. We get Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed. This match was really cool because it was two up-and-coming potential future stars. Both of these guys got their chance in. The crowd were super into both of them. And whether or not they make it big in the, in the, on the main roster... These guys are going to make it big in NXT, both of them. I'm going to say it right now. They're very talented guys, and this match was fun. It's good. Uh, Swerve Scott got the win with the house call, and after it was over, they're both inside the ring. We go to the replays. We come back, and we get a handshake in the middle of the ring. We see Kathy Kelly, and she says, The locker rooms are on edge because of the mystery attacks tonight. And I'm thinking... Why would the men be on edge? Because only the women have been attacked. It's obviously, you know, a, a female superstar, but whatever. She announces that Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor is taking place at War Games. Matt Riddle will be replaced by Dominic Dijakovic. But we still don't know who the final member of Team Champa is. In case you didn't know, Johnny Gargano is actually out injured and he will not be cleared in time for War Games. We get a vignette on the Forgotten Sons. I don't know why. These guys have been around for a long time. They're good, but seems redundant. Nothing's changed. They're still the same guys they've been for years. Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane. And this, I really could have done without this. Because they announced the match, and as they're coming out, Pete Dunne's out. He's in the ring. Killian Dane comes out, and Damian Priest comes and attacks Killian Dane from behind. And the three of them brawl for two minutes. That's it. Um, you know, we're pretty positive they're setting up a triple threat match for War Games, right? But either way, man, just stop announcing really popular or really good matches that people want to see and then going, just kidding. It really bothers me. Kathy Kelly's backstage. She's talking to Mia Yim. She asked Mia if she's worried about Raw or SmackDown female superstars attacking her. And she says, no, of course not. I'll be fine. I'm not worried. You hear a knock at the door, Dakota Kai comes in, and she says, Look, Mia, I, I want to let you know there's no hard feelings. 
I'm glad you're on Team Rippling, and I want to let you know that no matter what happens tonight, I've got your back. And she leaves. We come back from the break, and we get the announcers saying, I wonder who the last member of Team Champ is going to be. And then we go straight into the main event. This main event suffered basically from the same thing that the opening match suffered. Was It was a, a really good match. It just it was booked really poorly, in my opinion. And a legit injury happened in this match. And they... I just, I don't know. I don't know if maybe things were changed because of the injury. This match is really good. Any ladder match with Io Shirai in it's going to be really good. I'm not as high on Mia, Mia Yim as I am and of most of the, the superstars on NXT. But you know what? She really held her own. She did a great job. But there was one spot where she was holding a ladder and Io Shirai was on the ring apron. She jumped onto the ropes and came in and drop kicked the ladder into Mia Yim's face. It should have been pretty basic, but she kicked the top of the ladder, which hit Mia Yim straight in the nose and busted her nose. The referee's checking on her. He's got the gloves out. He gets a towel. Not that big of a deal. I'm on board. If there's an injury, you need to make sure that people are taken care of. But what they do is they show replays of it like three times, and they show Io Shirai like sitting on top of the ladder as other referees are coming over and talking to Io Shirai. And it's so obvious that they're telling her that Mia's actually injured and to buy time. I mean, so ridiculously obvious. You gotta have, I mean, wrestling's been around for how many years, guys? This is the biggest company in the world. Is there no backup plan? So Io Shirai takes two or three minutes trying to lift the ladder even though she just jumped over the top rope and landed a, a drop kick. She like lifts it up with her back because her arms, she just can't lift it up with her arms. She finally gets it up. The other referees are still coming to talk to her, giving her updates on Mia Yim. Mia comes as Yoshirai's finally climbing the ladder and throws her off. Mia Yim climbs up to the top rope, brings Shirai with her, but Io Shirai headbutts her and sends her out to the floor. So you have Mia Yim legitimately injured out on the floor. Dakota Kai comes out. She checks on Yim. And Io Shirai does a moonsault. Neither of them catch her. Luckily, Io Shirai is incredibly talented and lands on her feet. Because neither of them even came close to catching her. I understand why Yim couldn't. She already broke her nose. But come on, Dakota. Io Shirai lands on her feet, lands on her feet, and then she falls back, kind of rolls over on her head. It looks really, really cool. You could see Dakota Kai kind of rolling over, looking at her, making sure that she was okay, and she could tell that she was. As Shirai gets back in the ring, Dakota Kai comes in and attacks Io Shirai, to which the announcers say, Oh, it's fine. It's no disqualification. This is the same thing that happened on AEW, if you listen to our show last night. Where Joey Janela just comes in and attacks Sean Spears, and it's triple threat, so it's no disqualification. If that was the case, why don't people just wrestle with barbed wire baseball bats all the time? It was no disqualification. Why isn't all of Team Baszler, who's the you know, the bad team out there, trying to get advantage? It just made no sense. It makes no sense. Also, the good guys threw the first punch. Is I just I don't I don't know. But this big surprise is NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray. She runs down. She sends Dakota Kai in the still steps. 
She gets in the ring and she pushes the ladder over that Mia Yim is climbing. And this was awesome. Mia Yim is up top. Kaylee Ray pushes her off and she lands on a ladder that's set up outside where part of it's on the ring, part of it's on the barricade and it's long ways and she lands on it and smashes into it. And it looked so, so good. I mean, it looked absolutely incredible. Io Shirai, who in my opinion is the best female wrestler on NXT, one of the best female wrestlers in all of WWE, stands tall. And we go, and for like five more minutes, the announcer's like, hmm, I wonder who the fourth member is of Team Baszler. It's Kaylee Ray. Have any of you ever watched wrestling before? It's just ridiculous. Shayna Baszler comes out as Bianca Belair has come out when they were showing replays. And Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray are standing on the ladder next to Io Shirai, who stands tall with a briefcase on the very top of the ladder. Shayna Baszler comes out. She's clapping. And then she gets dropped by Bailey with one of the most mediocre chair shots I've ever seen. I don't want to hate on Bailey. Bailey's incredible, but it was not a good chair shot. And then she hits her with her new finisher that I have no idea what the name is and smashes her face into the title. It looked good. And she runs away. Bianca Belair easily could have grabbed Bailey, but because she wasn't supposed to, she decided not to. It's one of those things where, you know, a couple weeks ago, Natalia and, and Charlotte were clearly close enough to make the tag, but they just didn't because they weren't supposed to at that moment. You got to tighten up that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's fine. I can overlook that. It's not the end of the world. Mara Ronaldo puts over Survivor Series, and your show ends. So I gave AEW a B-plus this week, and it's by far the lowest grade I've given AEW so far. And I'm going to go over NXT with you again. You guys can leave a letter grade in the comments if you like. Let me know what you think. The show opener was incredible. Leah Rush and Angel Garza, very talented. The ending was dumb. Xia versus Aaliyah should not have been on TV. It was terrible. The Finn Balor thing with Matt Riddle was okay. But it, the, and then you have the Champa versus Undisputed Era and whatever. All I care is it got us to Keith Lee versus Roddy Strong, which was so good. Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed is a way to showcase two of your newer guys. Very different from Zia Lee and Aaliyah, which was terrible. This match was really good. Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane was really stupid because nothing happened. And then Mia Yim versus Io Shirai was very, very good. But again, it was marred by just. Weird stuff, and again, I understand you can't you you have to you know make sure your performers are healthy. You have to put their health first, but you can't have other referees coming over to Io Shirai, going, "All right, this is what we're supposed to do now." You know, make sure you buy some time. If Io's been wrestling for a long time, and if she sees three referees and a doctor over where Mia Yim is, she's probably thinking, "Hmm, maybe I need to buy some time because she's smart." And that it just really, really bothered me. But the reality is, as dumb as some of the stuff was, even in the matches I really liked, there were three really, really good matches on this show. And I'm going to give it a B plus. So I'll tell you, almost every week, I think AEW is better than NXT. And that's not a slight NXT, which is an amazing show. It just shows how good AEW is. NXT is incredible every single week. And I, I can't stop watching it now that I've started doing these reviews. 
you know, it's, it's part of my cycle now, which is kind of a bummer because I don't have a lot of time to watch wrestling anymore. But I love it, and I'm going to keep watching it just the day after AEW. But I, I, I liked it better this week. NXT this week was probably a better show than AEW. But again, I don't know. They were both really good. I know it's getting a higher letter grade, but they were both really solid this week. I, it's hard to tell, but gun to my head, NXT takes it this week. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 63 of Wrestle Life Radio. I know you're all looking forward to seeing Chris Cumby again. He will be back next Wednesday for NXT. And I'll make sure to edit that out quickly and get him back on the airwaves just for you beautiful, beautiful people. Let me know what you thought of NXT. Let me know what you thought of AEW. The SmackDown show will be up in a day or two. Looking forward to sharing that with you. And next week, we have a preview for Survivor Series. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to follow us all on Facebook and Instagram, you can do that at WrestleLife Radio, and you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. You can follow me on both at WrestleLifeMatt. You can follow Chris at WrestleLifeHeel. You can follow Kyle at Kyle.Pauly. Chris, of course, on Twitter. Kyle on Instagram. You can listen to us wherever. You can listen to us on whatever you're listening to us on right now. How many times can I say listen to us in a 10-second duration? You can listen to us on Radio Public. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play. Literally, guys, anywhere. And if you don't see us somewhere, let us know. We'll make sure to get there. I hope you guys all have a really great day. And I look forward to talking to you soon.